We need a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase. I'm ready. You got one? Yep. For a new I'm season. Ready. New catchphrase? Yeah. Yeah. New season, new catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. Say our name. Dumb concrete or dumb creators. Dumb creators. Dumb creators. We're not ready, and neither are you. I like it, but it's demeaning to ourselves. Dumb creators. We're not ready, and neither are you. It's good because it's true, but it's also bad because it's true. Isn't that kind of like our podcast, though? It's good and bad. You could argue that about everything. There's no such thing as like a perfectly good thing or perfectly bad. What about? I'm trying to think of something. What about like volcanoes? Mostly good. Mostly good. You know, does some rock, but you know, not, not many bad things about a volcano. But you know, like in video games, it means it's a hard area and it's just not fun. So therefore, not all. Good. It's not the volcano's fault. It's cool, perfect I mean, in every way. It's, not, but it's, it's just doing its job. It does its job. That's what they do. I mean, you could argue that about anything, like what a tax auditor. He's just doing his job. You may hate him, but he's doing his job. <laughs> Just do your, just doing my job is like the worst excuse. I know it's, <laughs> it's like the worst. It's a bad thing to bring up. What are we doing here? <laughs> we are podcasting. Wait, are you not accepting this? No, because no. it's it's too true. It's too true. It's too true. That's why I, can't I love I love disqualifying things for being too true. Yeah, that's why I have to, we have to disqualify it. It's your best one yet, and if it wasn't so, you know, like perfect bullseye, like hit right down the middle. You split the rock down the center. I would accept it. But because okay. it's too true, I can't. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. I, cool. I hate you and I will never forgive you for this, but let's move on. That sounds about far for the course. Cool. Hey, what's your name? Keegan Shiner. What's my name? Eric Schwartz. And who are we? Dumb creators there's a silent comic in there and we're dumb dumb. parentheses comic creators but but we're still just going with dumb creators i've changed too many urls too many things have changed Mm -hmm. yep for us to go back also i still like talking to other people beyond comic creators so but we have like several weeks of comic creators including this week which we're not introducing Mm -hmm. you yet we're not just we're not choosing yet because hey, Keen, if I want a drink or an NFT, where do I go? <laughs> I want a drink or an NFT. One of those new like bars in the city, I'm assuming. No, no, uh, something. The newest fun, club but... is called NFT. Nothing fruity to drink. That doesn't. Yeah, right. yeah that didn't work. But anyways, like I would go. <laughs> Here. Oh, to oh, you're you're doing an ad break. I'm doing, doing an ad, ad break. break. Oh, why did I say quote? I need to drink something or get an NFT. Where would I go? I had no idea where you were going with that. To be honest with you, I was going with our ad break. The not many muggles anymore, but the not muggly many muggles. Bunch. We always it's bring up the bunch. old name. Yep, it's Muggly Bunch. Names change, people. Let's let's. But move. if you go to manymuggles.com, it will redirect you to the Muggly Bunch, so you're still good. Many so if you want a shirt that's designed like a comic to look like you, if you want a cup to look like you, or for your business, or if you're like, you know, I could use an NFT. All there, 
it does. It it is all there. It's on yeah, OpenSea. Yeah, go on OpenSea and get a, a Mugly Bunch NFT. There's a, a lot of cool ones. There so are NFT, many... NFT stands for Nylon Free T-shirt or something? <laughs> What's an NFT? <laughs> I, actually, oh, I here we go. Here we go. Not, nothing. And we'll be Googling this now. because too old for NFT. <laughs> We did a whole episode on this where like he, it was like literally what entities are, how to create them, uh, and like a non-fungible to token. That's what it is. I knew it. I knew it off the top of my head, but I had to think. Non-fungible non, token. Non-fungible token. It's something like that goes. Something I need to find in the forest. Yeah, it goes in into the, poisonous uh, ones. Right. Exactly. If you jump on it, it <laughs> okay. bounces. If you feed it to a plumber, he grows bigger. I mean, it's just like yeah. that. And okay. truthfully, the, the people who name this thing go into the forest and do that sort of thing, mm -hmm. you know, so, okay. so you're not far off. I understand it all now. It, it inserts you. itself into a blockchain, which becomes permanent, even though they're not permanent. It gets hard coded, something like that. It takes a lot of compute power. So but you, get a, you get a cool picture at the end. That's what it's all about. What else do we want to say about our sponsor, Eric? Our sponsor who sent us one $5 mug one months ago. And an NFT. And we talk about it every single day. Every time so, we do this. I like him as a sponsor. <laughs> he's been back on. I think it's fun. He did, he did offer to send us an NFT. Yeah. He, but I, I never sent him what he needs to do that. No, I never sent him either. But it was the, all, it was the thought that counts. It was the thought that counts. Do you guys the send a mug back and forth? If there's only no, one. we each have our two own mugs. Mug. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Each have our own mug. This one's for me, and then I don't know. Does the wife have the your mug? We we found it. Yeah, it's in it's up in the it's up in the tea cabinet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So if you wanted to be a sponsor of the show, apparently send us a ten dollar total gift. Eric will talk about your stuff for just two years. Or just keep us in your thoughts, or just give, keep us in your thoughts, and promise you're doing that, and it's good enough for me. Wow, yeah, such a low bar. It's a it's yeah. a very cheap sponsorship arrangement. Can we, let's move on. We have a guest today. His name uh, is Mike right. Leisenfeld or Leisenfeld. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it wrong. I just want to make You've sure. Got it. Yeah, Leisenfeld. Uh -huh. Leisenfeld. Okay, I got it yeah. right the third time. But you corrected. You are a comic book writer, and did you illustrate your work as well, or just I do. write it? I do both. Yeah. Oh, you did both. Yeah. You have written for uh, you presented to us three of the four issues of Skull of the Muskrat, yeah, and one issue of I just have it as A dash T Walker One. A T Walker. Yep. Yep. A T Walker. Okay. Is inspired like the. Star Wars, I hate to ask. Or... Well, it's kind of funny because it's actually, it, it's a play on that, but AT stands for a genetic disease called ataxia telegectasia, which my daughter has. So I titled the, the comic something that sounded comic-y, AT Walker. Yeah, it does sound comic-y. So, so I assume AT Walker is actually autobiographical. It's a story of you and your daughter and like at least it's her first mm -hmm. couple years so 
Yeah, that's right. So I'm hoping to take us through all the way up to present day in just the way we discovered that she had such a rare disease. <clears throat> it's a, there's only, to give you an idea of how many kids in the U.S. have this, about 500. Wow. So it's super wow. rare. Yeah. And in order to even uncover what a kid has when it's that rare is quite the journey. So I'm telling the story about that journey that we went through. May Just I ask how many with doctors you visited before you got the right diagnosis? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my. I don't even know. Because it was, you know, just the, the, the whole journey started with just, you know, simple things that all of our kids get when we send them to daycare. You know, an ear infection, cold, a cough. But then eventually one that doesn't go away. So, and then eventually something that becomes almost critical in nature. So we were in and out of a lot of emergency rooms after about a year of her being alive with us, all the way up to the point where they thought it was cancer. And it ended up being something completely off their radar, not cancerous, but a genetic disease called AT for short. Uh, so, yeah, but it was, yeah, she came about this close to losing her life at, at that 18 year, 18 month age, because at that point, her body had no white blood cells. Her, she had completely used them all up just fighting wow. fighting just simple germs that she was catching oh man and so it's a disease that affects the immune system like kids with at sometimes have immune systems that just don't work normally they'll they'll like just not produce the right amount of white blood cells or, or something like that it's called neutropenia and and that's that was the case with her so once we discovered that we started giving her weekly infusions and that was a complete game changer. Now she can be out in the world and, you know, is sometimes the healthiest one in the house, you know, the yeah. rest of us <laughs> might get a cold and she might not. Oh, prior to that, we didn't, we weren't able to figure out how to just basically keep her safe wow. from, from anything. That's scary. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. So AT, it's a multi-system uh, genetic disease. So it affects the immune system. It also affects neurological parts. So eventually She'll lose her ability to walk. Uh, talking will become more difficult. Right now she walks and talks fine. There's a little bit of a gate to her walk. So hence the title AT Walker. Mm -hmm. uh, so kids with this, um, they also tend to get cancer at some point in their lives and their life expectancy right now is about in their 20s or 30s. Uh -huh. So my goal with this comic was to raise awareness about it because there's a lot of research, a lot of cutting edge stuff out there right now that is actually in the works for um, kids with rare genetic diseases like CRISPR. Yeah, the CRISPR, I was going to mention. Yeah, CRISPR. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. is being actively looked at for this disease. And so, uh, but yeah, funding for it is just kind of like off a lot of rate, people's radars because it's so rare. But it's just, it's something I thought if I do a comic about it, I can raise awareness about it. Mm -hmm. And my wife also does a lot of work. We do it. We have a soap making venture called Soap for Cure. We attend a lot of farmers markets and sell a lot of soap. And we hand out little cards that explain the story of our little mission to, to you know, just raise awareness about, about this. We will ask you so. for a link to that later. No, and, sure. Um, yeah. Make sure you send us the link to that too, because there's no, yeah, sure. I can always use more soap and you know, <laughs> it's good stuff. For later. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, but, but yeah, so that was the idea. It was just like, how can I, how can I raise some, some people raise this in the, in the public 
view a little bit more than it currently is. And, and yeah, you know, rare diseases are super rare, but there's so many of them. When you combine them all, they create one of the most common diseases on the planet. So CRISPR is a pretty cool technology out there. It's, it could potentially help a lot of kids, not just 500 kids. So hey, right. Yeah. Just for everything. Yeah. Did there were, how many CRISPR people are, how many people are working on CRISPR right now? I thought there were only like a, a few, a couple, but is it, it has was, it expanded? So I know a little about it because my brother's friends got fired from her, the person who created it. <laughs> I was a PhD student and my brother's like, he deserved to get fired. He was okay. making mistakes. And like, I don't remember his name, but like my brother's like, I'm upset. She's my friends, but I agree with her decision. The person who got the, the Nobel Prize for it. A lot of people, she's letting a lot of people work with it because now that it's out, she's like, let's see what it can do because there's only so much I can do just as one person. So yeah. the answer that Keegan is a lot because now that it's out there, people are going to be using it. It's okay. not, it's not like as if she's going to be hoarding that technology. It's like, let's see it's where not it proprietary. goes. proprietary. Yeah. Okay. Or, even if it is, I think she's still letting people do it, just pay her the, the fee. So, oh, okay. But I thought, not, I thought it was but, like a, a little controversial too because. But I mean, it's game changing. Uh, I mean, it depends how you but... define what controversial is. I mean, because yeah. it, it's it's changing stuff. But like, right? How do you define that? Oh well, stuff? I mean, I think it was the the people who are doing controversial stuff with it. Maybe maybe yeah. not all of it is controversial. But there there was like some like pre like embryo genetic changing stuff that you can do with it that was wired, I guess. I think I've heard about stuff like that too. Yeah. There's a lot of what ifs, what could you do with this if we open mm -hmm. that kind of, but in addition to CRISPR, there's a lot of other gene therapy. There's, there's other kinds of things coming up the pike that could just in, increase lifespans for kids with rare diseases too, not necessarily cure it. So, so there's a lot of, it, it's pretty cool time to be alive. If you're a kid or a person with a rare disease, if some of the stuff kind of eventually hits the market because it'll, it'll make life better for them. So. Yeah, yeah. The person who did the ice bucket challenge was for it. They cured that disease. So yeah, exactly. Like those like crazy small things, right. it adds up and makes a big difference. In AT Walker, you have what it looks like a picture of nuclear explosions a lot in that. Oh. Am I interpreting <laughs> those or and like what are they and what was the significance of those? Because you so have those it are... on the first panel and the very last panel. So those are kind of my way of, of kind of giving you the reader it just, just kind of like a, an in, inside look at my, my emotional well-being at the time this is all happening. So every once in a while, I'll cut away to this character that's just kind of walking through a landscape and something, some kind of impending doom is, is approaching. And so that kind of like, in, in my symbology would relate, would be like a, like somebody who's just a, afraid of the next the next shoe dropping at any time and, and living in a, a kind of like a, a personal depression or turmoil while reality is going on around him. So I thought I would just do it that way instead of just like straight up, just show me depressed in, in the comic, you know, like let's change this a little bit to make it a little bit more graphically interesting and a little less private, you know, like I, the thing I struggle with autobiography comics sometimes is like, how much do I really want to let people into the day-to-day -day stuff. Some people do it really well, but then I think probably their family are living on pins and needles wondering if they're 
going to end up in the comic, right? So yeah, yeah. So I wrestle with that, and I don't want to necessarily reveal all the all all of that underlying turmoil in the in the life uh, as people are honestly going to have to go through it. They're going through difficult things. So how do you tell a story and keep it interesting and not just keep it, you know, like just superficial? Right. I, I think that I struggle yeah. with that with, with autobiography. So that's my way of currently of, of tackling it is creating a separate world inside the comic. Did your family like the pictures that you drew them in the comics? Like you have your picture of your so, daughter, multiple different ages. Yeah. The aunt, the grandma, was she like, that's a good picture of me, dad, or you could. So I, I haven't shown it to my mother-in-law yet. No, but, <laughs> but everybody else seems to like their, like their pictures so far. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Did you lose your hat in the wind? That's well, a page. Yeah. That's just part of the idea of inner, inner, like emotional well-being being lost. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, oh, something's coming. There's a storm coming. And then the next page, you see the, that approaching storm. Right, right. Oh, but you didn't actually lose your hat. No. That's a good thing. That's good. Right. Yeah, I've got the hat. I so, hate when that happens. Yeah. Man. <laughs> or the umbrella turns inside out. Oh, the worst. Right, exactly. And uh, it does happen. You know, it does. People don't like to remember it when it does, but it does. Yeah. So that was, so from one comic that I was very certain, I was fairly certain was at least partially autobiographical, not completely, to what I know is autobiographical, that has to be 100%. Oh, wait, Eric, before we, before we move on, is this going to be a, is this a graphic novel? Yeah, it is. It's, but it's, you know, going to be published in pieces. So by issue by issue, kind of like the, I don't know, it just, it felt a little bit more doable to tell a story like this in chunks. So, so yeah, piece by piece. Got it. Okay. I assume like, cause you have pretty much, you have like the story of your life or of your life plus your daughter's life, you know, like where everything's going, where it is. Um, yeah. So and I'd love to take it up. Your life through, a lot easier. I'd love to take it up through the pandemic too, because it got real interesting for a family with an immune compromised kid. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking like old person, but a kid with no yeah. immune system. Like what do we do with her Yeah. in the middle of all this was, was really challenging and you know she ended up catching covid and was in the hospital for a whole month and is only now getting over it which this is like a whole year later so yeah yeah, it's very rare to hear of like a little kid having that kind of problem with covid but here we are that's us the rare case so yeah it sucks I mean, when you are the rare case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's a story to tell. I think it's a great story to just raise awareness and hopefully inspire some people to, I don't know, care a little bit about why they have to wear a mask sometimes, you know, to see like an actual case right before yeah. their eyes. So, yeah, I really like how you pull pull the reader in to the the story too. Okay. Yeah, with, with yeah. like the cut, cutting between timelines and... and yeah, it's just really well drawn. And you and, like, I mean, obviously it's going to be more than 10 pages, but like you cut, you cut off in such a way that like Larry at the line, uh, that there were very more procedures to come. So we know that like the story's, you know, getting bigger. Yeah. Lack of a better word, or if I was a better speaker. No, for sure. Words. A lot of <laughs> surgeries. Yeah. A lot of different surgeries to save her life occurred after that first one. You know, and just some near misses, you know, kids with this disease, if they get x-rayed, 
are exposed to stuff from the x-rays that can give them cancer. So we didn't know that. And we were thankful that she was never, you know, seriously x-rayed for we found that. But oh, yeah, wow. just different yeah, stuff like so that. We're just like so close to getting real problems on our hands. So. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Let's transition to yeah. the other, the skull of the muskrat. Yeah. Skull of the muskrat. The other autobiographical, autobiographical story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So this story is based on my wife's experience at <laughs> working at, no, I'm serious. It I, is? Yeah. Yes. You, you, I know you're joking, but listen, hear me out. So my wife was working at Amazon warehouse and she was just, after she quit that job, I was just like horrified at, at how they were treating employees there based on her experience. So I decided to do kind of an allegory, kind of not of that kind of like company, but told with talking animals in space. So you've got these characters flying around space, delivering for a, a shipping company that, that ships these hole in the holes everywhere. Hole in the holes. Yeah. Oh, but instead but of the smart Marty speaker, Rogers. which I will not say, I will not speak her name because she'll start talking in the room. That's right. And we've got hole in a hole. Ah, okay. Okay. Hole in a hole provides everything too, which I haven't gotten into yet, but you know, in, in Looney Tunes, when somebody needs something, they whip it out from behind their back and they've got the Acme hammer or anvil or whatever. That's what hole in a hole is. It provides that. So any talking animal can grab whatever they need out and right. Um, I'm, they, uh, <laughs> I'm watching an anime right now about the person's superpower is he goes into a fantasy world is mm -hmm. he has a hole in a hole with him and he can mm -hmm. order it instantly to him. That's clearly his only power. He doesn't like. He can't use swords. He can't use magic. He can literally just be like, I need a shield. I'll go buy it. I need a steak. I'll go eat. He literally just buys yeah. whatever he needs right there. He buys himself a car. He buys himself pretty much everything. It's, it's the, you know, video games have used that kind of, you know, just, it doesn't make any sense, but you can put an infinite number of things in your pocket yeah. in Space Quest, which is what, it, you know, that'll date me. I used to play that when I was a kid. You can put a ladder in your pocket. You can put everything in your pocket. Like, what is this pocket that you can put everything in? Your so horse pockets, your interdimensional pocket. pocket. Yeah. That's yeah. basically like a tiny black hole. So, yeah, it's this one is really funny. How do people find yeah. this? This is being published by uh, a micro publisher called Bantam House Publishing. And that's a one man show, really. It's Joseph Bagden who let these out. He was calling for creators to help him with that amazing little comics thing that he does. And when I saw his printing production, I was just like, I want my comic printed by that guy. He, it's, it's full bleed to the edge. It's a mini comic and the grayscale interior pages looked really well done. So, oh, nice. So I reached out to him and he was on board with me being a part of his project. And so each issue tends to have like, two of his stories and then my skull of the muskrat story oh cool cool and they're all to be continued all three of the stories in each issue <laughs> that's so cool how many of these are there going to be skull of the muskrat yeah i don't know I've, I've got a story i know how it ends but okay. it's just being told in eight page segments within his comic so i just keep meeting his deadlines until until i finish my story and then i'll be i'll be done nice. but uh but yeah so currently we're 
We're up to part four, I believe. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. It was a. It was very. It was very well. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. it reminded me of obviously like Adult Swim, but okay. But I, uh, I very much thought this too. I thought it was an Adult Swim like as comic that like I could see this. Honestly, <laughs> being um, Justin Rowland used to do a bunch of short cartoons. Um, yeah, and I know he's kind of don't talk about him right now, but um, he did like uh. Like one of his most famous comics was about like a Cosby clone machine. Okay. <laughs> like he made, he literally made just different clones of Cosby. Like there was like either a super powered Co- Cosby, stuff like that. Cosby's that only take baths, stuff like that. I felt it would fit perfectly in kind of like that type of thing where it's kind of like not 100% mainstream, but partially like just out of the way and kind of has his own cool way of getting people involved. I definitely have a weak spot for any any talking animal comic that I can find in in the crates as I'm digging through them at, at comic book stores. It's like black and white. It's made in the eighties. I'm like, this is mine. So I'm trying to kind of like pull from that that era of of comics where there was just a lot of funny animal teenage mutant ninja turtle knockoff comics Heathcliff. and just yeah, yeah Heathcliff sure. Uh, here's one I, I wanted to just show you that I I really draw a lot of inspiration from captain jack captain jack is, uh, produced by uh fanographics back in the day but wow um, i these are just kind of similar to that they're like funny animals they look like looney tunes they're in space <laughs> kind of a fun comic <laughs> that's so. awesome yeah and they're they're like aliens but they refer refer to the the woman as a human mm. it's like there's some yeah. connection to our universe is she is her it image is. based off of your wife? Is what? Like is the image of the Medusa S woman based off of your wife? Like is she like <laughs> you said this was well you said the story was you modeled say, after her. Like yeah. her also the appearance was say, also modeled her. She doesn't look like my wife, but my wife is my muse, definitely for for this <laughs> well, character. I, mean, I didn't think I don't think your wife has like snakes for hair. No snake hair. Literally. Now. That's true. But would have shown up in the other you, one, Eric. Come on. Yeah, I, you can see what my wife looks like in the AT Walker comic. If you want yeah, to yeah, she's there. Yes. <laughs> I still, I still know like like the facial structure, just something like that was like that's what no, I meant by it. No, just, and, like her uh, character, because like, the story was inspired by her. I don't know if the character was also inspired no. by her. No, different. Just just made her up, like just like the other characters. I I I tend to be really bad at at doing character sheets. That's a problem for me with like a very. I need to just get better at creating characters and focusing on that. I, I'm kind of have the opposite problem of a lot of comic creators who just kind of like, wow, this is my character. It's my OC. I'm going to draw it constantly. I tend to just jump into the story and I'm like later on, I'm like, crap, I wish I had drawn the boots differently or whatever, you know, just don't really do a whole lot of character analysis at the beginning. So kind of just came up with this Medusa-esque character. And I, at some point, Joe asked me to do a, an alternative cover to one of the issues and I gave her blue skin and I'm like, well, I should be doing a bluer, grayish or skin tone for this character now that I've done that cover. So it's kind of evolved there. There was a, there was a Ninja Turtles spaced out. Have, you know, these, the Mirage put no. out like these, they they were Eastman and Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they were like drawn. They were by Rich Hedden and Tom McGuini. Oh, 
and the the, the you should check them out. The style that sounds and, interesting to me. Yeah. The style and tone is like very close to this comic. Yeah, and that that sounds good. I the only like reason I know of these comics when I was like a a young kid, one of our like trips to Chicago, we got to stop at the comic book store, and like my parents wouldn't buy anything because it was too expensive. But these, this comic and like, or four of these comics, I don't know, were like being sold for a dollar, <laughs> probably because real Ninja <laughs> Turtles fans were like, what the fuck is this garbage? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry for swearing. Their radar. It's just off their yeah. radar. Yeah. The biggest comic book chain in the United States is Graham Cracker Comics. Oh. Yeah, the reason I know is because I used to work for them. And they would have a deal that every Wednesday they would have, they used to be 25 cents, now they're 50 cents comics. Like their older issues that they have a bunch of. They also have a deal that if you bring your kids report cards, they get up to two dollars for an A, one dollar for a B, up to sixteen dollars in store credit. And then we encourage that the wow. parents don't take advantage of this, that the kids actually get to buy it because we've had too many parents <laughs> showing up with their kids' report cards and then just buying it for themselves. And we're like, no, uh, that's not the idea. But <laughs> Like, How old does the report card have to be? Because uh, I could pull some out from the 80s. <laughs> from the 80s, if you want to pull out yours, that's impressive. I, <laughs> I think if you make it out there, like, yeah, you earned it. But like, I've been like, you said you have a 10 year old and a seven year old, they're reporting. They've got some. Yeah. And they've got like the plus check mark and triangle. We make deal. We, we make do with that too. So perfect. I know at least in Chicago, they're still doing it. I don't know if they're like doing it in like DeKalb and Naperville. They still be doing it, but I don't know about everywhere else. Yeah, so weird segue. But when I was a kid, I had those. And so every now and then I like think of them and I can never remember what the name is because it's just Ninja Turtles and it's right. really hard to find. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was like what, one of my favorite comics of all time, actually. Cause it's so weird. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, I like bizarre stuff like your comics. Awesome. Anything else that you'd like to talk to us about? One I thing I wanted question. to ask is it is it you hand draw for these I, comics? I do. Yeah. I can I can kind of show you the process here. I've got a cool. So the AT Walker is being done this sketchbook here. So I it's just it. kind of like I would call this the Noah Van Skyvern method, where he just lays a template out and does this kind of thing. Nice. So if I do it in a sketchbook, it feels a little less precious. And I kind of needed that for this project because it's, it, it is such wow. a precious, it's such a precious, uh, such a a subject matter for me. So it felt overwhelming to do it on Bristol board. So I decided to go for this. Okay. Um, and then, uh, what I do is I I'll print them out on watercolor paper. You can't even see it because it's so light. Oh, okay. But I've turned them out at a super light opacity so that I can watercolor over that. Oh, funny. And okay. then I do like a couple of different passes for skin tones and everything. And then I wow. put all those back in underneath the scan black and white image and then give you the final with the watercolors. That's fascinating. How really long does a page take to complete? Like hours drawing plus hours <laughs> watercoloring? Good question. It's, it's just kind of a pastime for me, you know? So. Yeah, I don't really yeah. keep track, but I, I definitely in, enjoy it. I, I'm a quick, quick inker, penciler. Okay. Uh, watercolor is a little slower for me. And then, of course, once I take it to the computer and start 
erasing a layer to reveal the color underneath that that does take a little bit of time but i just yeah. I tend to just get up early in the morning before people are awake and oh, do okay. a little bit here and there and eventually a page gets done and i do another page so nice that's so awesome have you been watercoloring for a while or is that a new is that new for you no yeah, yeah a long time i guess watercolor and painting have been part of my background too for a long time i just i've always enjoyed painting i guess it's college or whatever but okay but yeah we we had a a painting class at one point in college where there was this 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 older taiwanese man painting in, in a painting 101 class who was super good and we're like this guy shouldn't be here he's so good and turns out he was from taiwan came to the united states to learn how to paint in the western style oh so we, we asked him like can you teach us how to you know do uh, like Chinese watercolor. And so he did, he, he like took a couple of us from the class and gave us a couple of lessons on that. So even though it wasn't for credit, I still count it as probably one of the most valuable classes I ever took. That's so cool. Just, um, what wow. made you start drawing comics in the first place? I've just been drawing comics since I was a kid you know just i can't even remember when i started making comics i made hundreds of them like just as a kid you know just every kind of subject matter you could think of let's make i'll make a comic about tennis so i'd do a couple of issues about a couple of kids playing tennis and just tons of stuff like that and, and then in high school i i was the comic artist for the newspaper and just kept on making it after high school just for myself and um Gosh, I don't know. I just, I've just always really enjoyed cartooning. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for new comic book artists or the dumb creators of the world? The dumb creators, how to become <laughs> a dumb creator. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I say that it's not as precious of a medium as some people want to make it out to be. I, 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 what well, some of the, my favorite comics are made by little kids because they just have no, no worry about what other people are thinking when they're making it. And it's just the most no rules, raucous, you know, thing that you could possibly imagine on a piece of paper. And I'm just like, this is my favorite comic right here. <laughs> so I just, I, I try to like, when I sometimes collaborate with people or do like a dueling split scene, I, I try to let them know, like, I don't care what you come up with because I just really enjoy making comics with people and I'm not looking for something super, super good to, to, to be a part of the process with. Sometimes people get intimidated by, by what I, I, I'm putting on my side and I'm just trying to like reassure them, like I'll, I'll publish it. You know, if it's, if we're, if we're working together, it's not gonna, it's not gonna bother me, whatever it is. I, I really like DIY and just making handmade books. It's just, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Do you do you work fast? So I'm going back to like time. Like, do you work? Do you draw fast? Are you? I do. I draw yeah. fast. Okay. Interesting. So and and it and sounds it, like you've been doing this so long that you kind of have this the skill set to just put it on the page quick. You know. Um, Definitely a lot of a lot of drawing helps make drawing go faster. I think for, at least for me yeah, exactly. over time it just. Just doing it a lot, yeah, has helped me speed up. And I think just because I am a, a dad with young kids, 
just time is, has made it necessary for me to be fast without doing something like, okay, I've got two minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. it, it, sometimes it, it actually helps me get stuff done if there's a tight deadline for, for me. So, mm -hmm. okay. Have you ever heard of X cop? Just out of curiosity. X cop. Yeah. Is that a Spiegelman comic? What is that? It is a comic by uh, brothers, Malachi Nicole and Ethan Nicole. He was a five-year-old and a 28-year-old brother. And the five-year-old came up with the story and the 20-year-old just illustrated it. So actually, I just, because we're talking about how you love these comics. Yeah. And so literally the story is, it's about a cop who finds an axe, a firefighter's axe. And he See? A crime fighting duo using axe cop. And like, just the stuff is just like That's crazy. Gold. It's really, really funny, but yeah. Is gold right there. Yeah. I love that, that kind of stuff. Kids just come up with the greatest. And the, yeah, I try to sometimes get back into that mindset for myself when I'm making comics. It's just like, how can I just have a whole lot of fun with this story or whatever it is that I'm, I'm working on and just make something crazy zany. So, and yeah, do you write first or do you draw first sometimes? I usually write first. Okay. So come up with the idea and then I'll start just almost like just bubble writing, like on a, in a sketchbook, I'll, I'll write dialogue and like do a little bit of like writing about what I think that scene is. And after I've just done a bunch of that, I'll, I'll start circling like what I think should be a panel or whatever I've written. So that panel, that's a panel, that's a panel. I'll number them. And then I just kind of do like a thumbnail of what I think the page could be based on how many panels I just circled and then go from there. But I'll start with an outline. So I just basically do know where the story's going, but, but yeah, page by page, that's how I write. Interesting. That's a cool idea. That's a cool, like way to work. It's just kind of like figuring out how your brain works is, is the key to writing comics and it, not everybody's brain is going to write comics the same way, but right. I eventually <laughs> came to that, that process is the one that I wasn't fighting. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is how my brain works. It works in bubbles. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's great. There's one good book about comic writing and it has meaning that there's one book out there that has scripts of comic scripts and yeah. has like eight different writers in it and every script is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> and done completely differently. So I used to try to script my comic out and boy, I mean, by the time I got to making the page, it was just like completely off the rails. Right. Something about visually drawing compared to what I wrote in the script, it's just such a different beast. I just can't seem to like the the drawing process writes the story sometimes. So yeah. Great. Yeah. I wish I could draw well enough to, to have that skill. Yeah. So Eric, any other questions? I do not have any. My, or do you, do you have any Instagrams or anything like yeah. that where people can find you? Sure. Micah Nova. So my first name with the word Nova, like supernova, and you can find me on Instagram with that handle and Twitter. And that's pretty much where the two places I live on social media. And what do you have coming up? Well, how, what should people go? Where should people go? <laughs> to, to find like actual stuff that I'm making, the stuff put out by Banton House. There'll be another issue of that. He's also putting out some micro mini comics this year too. And I'll have one of those as well. 
the micro mini that I, I'm making for him is called the Viking and the Sea Monster. So that's also going to be put out by Bantam House Comics, both of those this year. So the next Predator Skull of Muskrat and that, and then I'll self-publish A.T. Walker and just throw that up on my Etsy shop. Oh, cool. Mike and Nova Etsy shop. So. Nice. Very cool. Great. Can I show you the very first comic I ever made? I mean, yes. ever, ever it bought. Is. I'm sorry, ever oh, bought. No. Not ever bought. Made. Yes. Yes. This this baseball comic called The Little Red Birds. Wow. Uh, what happens in that comic? So, what is that about? They obviously couldn't get the rights to do a comic about the Cardinals, the St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals. So all these characters have slight name changes to the 80s. <laughs> Cardinals baseball I also players. love how that's oh not the New York Yankees on his head, but it almost is. Yeah, yeah. almost, right? So almost. yeah, everybody in here is like, you know, it might be Dwight Goodman, but it's not going to be Dwight Goodman. It's going to be Dwight Good Boy or something like that. So, ah. but, but just slight differences in it. And yeah, that's the first comic I ever bought. Is it a, is it a parody or is it like? It yeah, is. It it's a parody. Oh, yeah. That's uh -huh. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that maybe influenced your, <laughs> I don't know, your I path. Yeah. I was in a grocery store and there were like a bunch of comics and, and I asked my mom, can I buy a comic? Yes, you can. So the very first one, it was like, I pick, I didn't pick an X-Men comic. I picked a, I picked a baseball comic. <laughs> and so that was what you probably started drawing. Yeah. So, yeah. Something maybe. Like that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. It's been a, it's been great. I, I look for forward to reading more of your, your A2 Walker comic yeah. when that comes out. More of the Skull Muskrat as well. I'll be happy to send them to you guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, if you've sent them to us, we have to, you have to be our sponsor. You're a sponsor. Uh-oh. You <laughs> I'll be on every episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll be talking about it. We'll, we'll we will. It. Great yeah. coaster for that coffee mug you keep talking about. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. It's embarrassing, yeah. but it's true. Anyway, thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone. Do we have any questions from Twitch or anything like that before we go? We do. From Charming Expone. Hi, I want to offer promotion of your channel, viewers, followers, views, chatbots. The price is lower than any competitor. The quality is guaranteed to be the best. Auto on. Incredibly flexible and convenient order management. Excellent question. Everything is in your hands. Turn it on slash off slash customize. Go to doghype.com. You know, Mike has got a light. I'm seeing he that this needed... isn't a question, actually. Yeah. All right. Dog hyped. Thank you so, so much. Dog hype. No, no, we're not sponsoring that, whatever that was. <laughs> I don't think they got our thoughts. I don't think they got their thoughts. I think yeah. No, I, yeah, it didn't seem like they were really listening to you. No, but still, I'll take inspiration from it and make a mini comic called Dog Hype at some point, probably. <laughs> I hope you do. Go for it. Yeah, cool. Okay, bye.